0: G'day everyone, welcome to Porsche Talk Podcast. I'm your host Mark from the sometimes posting onto YouTube channel Mark and Cars and I'm joined today with my regular co-host Ajmal. G'day Ajmal, how are you today?
1: I'm good, I'm flat cab driver off the flat cab driver channel, YouTube channel that no one watches. Um, And Today I'm super excited because we've got Brock with us of 996 Road Trip fame. And there's tons of stuff that I want to talk to him about, but Mark, I'm going to let you start before I start. And it's just no stopping me then.
0: <laughs> Welcome Brock. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Guys, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be part of it. And uh, excited to have this conversation. I'm always, I'm always having a, a little P talk talk people. So
0: yeah, great. To uh, hear.
2: Get, getting ready to do it around the world. Is, is terrific.
0: Now just to confirm those eight people that do watch the video version of our podcast, they may be thinking, yeah. this isn't Brock. Who's this imposter on here? Why might they be thinking that?
2: Yeah, I uh, cut off all my hair and I shaved my beard. Do so you have a like, job interview? Uh, I don't. In fact, I probably shouldn't I probably should do that now that I actually cleaned up a bit. <laughs> so, yeah, no beard, no hair, totally different person. Same car.
0: How's it feel? Is it like nice and baby bottom smooth, the, the whole thing? How'd that go? Itchy?
2: My my timing wasn't great um you know it's winter here so uh i've been going to the mountain this is my i've had 31 days on the on local ski hill and um everything down here is very cold and as you can probably tell it's a little bit darker than what's going on up here
0: well that'd be from Uh, your goggles um, wouldn't it what's that that'd be from your goggles
2: yeah i got goggle tan yeah yeah. you know i like it my (laughs) wife doesn't like it um and uh yeah i've got no long hair so my neck's cold all the time i my my timing to to trim all this you know down was not good
0: is this um is this like are you going back to wedding photo material here or the it's
2: funny you should bring that up um (laughs) not quite but it will be that way here it come come spring uh we're actually going to be doing a revisitation of our elopement road trip um i don't know if you guys know anything about that but my wife and i eloped Coming up on four years ago, um, we did a 3,000-mile, 14-day road trip uh, in a Range Rover Classic, which is very brave. Um, And Many unplanned stops in
0: a car like that? What's that? Many unplanned stops in a car like that?
2: No. I have the most reliable Range Rover Classic on the planet – um, yeah, I know. Let's, cross your fingers for that one. Um, it has been an incredible vehicle for me. I absolutely
1: love it.
0: Um, Great. here, Because over,
1: over here, a lot of people drive Range Rovers, but you don't see that many classics. And most of the right. classics, people have them just stored away in a garage somewhere. Whereas the everyday use, you get them sort of last 20 years, and yeah. they're starting to kind of drop off. You don't see many from the noughties, <sighs> You see the current ones, and every now and again, you know, someone's doing a drop off at school, and the weather's good, and they'll take it out the classic. But most the time, you don't, and you know, they get the regular problems, and people don't want them. But once they work, people think they're amazing. It doesn't matter what age they are. But for you to have one that, yeah, for you to have one that just keeps going, and one of the things I was going to ask you because you've got quite a collection of cars, and I I know that. You've got, uh, obviously, you're, the one that we're mostly here to talk about is the 996 Carrera 4S. Yep. And, yes. But you've also got in your collection, I believe, a rear-engined, air-cooled, turbo-charged car? No,
2: not anymore. No more air-cooled cars in my life, which is really, really, str- actually, I take that back. There is one air-cooled car still in my life, but no air-cooled Porsches um uh-huh. i regret that had, a lot
1: because <laughs> you had uh a chevy corvair didn't you that's air cooled st-
2: and i still have that
1: yeah because that's that's what i meant because that's rear engine oh shoot
2: yeah yeah yeah. okay, yeah. okay. i thought it's, yes it's i do still have that <laughs>
1: Sorry, I, thought you were my, I thought you were talking about my 993 no, um, no, no 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 not that one not that one okay because the, the you've got the monza spider is it I do, yeah. And and that's turbo-powered, isn't it? It is, yeah. Which, which is insane when you think it's, what, a 1964? 64. Yeah, 64 Corvair. Turbo-charged. Turbo. It is cool. rear engine. So cool.
0: <laughs> I can't imagine uh, how they came up with this idea for a layout.
2: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, strange. I, um, but the, the, uh,
1: the cool. The Corvette has a has a trunk, doesn't it? It has a trunk at the back it and then the does. engines under it.
2: So the engine doesn't really have a trunk. It's uh it's got a frunk like everything else, like a two-body frunk. And um, then in the rear of the car, so and it's truly rear engine, it's it's hanging way off the back of the car. Yeah. Um it's and you feel it. There's no doubt about it. But instead of having any sort of like cover over the rear it's actually the spare tire sits right on top of the motor which not a great design um most people take those out and just put them in the frunk because there's plenty of room up there too
1: and it just adds more weight if you have it at the back it's just that so far out back isn't it this beautiful like
2: Luxury Cadillac power steering because it's so light in the front. It's just oh, it's something in okay. the steering wheel's this big. You know,
0: it's yeah. wild. Imagine it at speed, Ashmal. Like you know, at about eighty mile an hour, it'd be pretty floaty in that front end, wouldn't it?
1: No, it's I, I I didn't know anything about them until uh, Mark. You're probably going to laugh at me, but I watched an episode of Wheeler Dealers, and in the they were in the US, and they and Mike Brewer went and bought. A a trashed, abandoned old Corvair, and they fully restored it. And you know, when they're talking about, it wasn't the turbocharged one, but the the way they were talking about, and it looks beautiful. It looks like a proper '60s cruiser. You know, if you think about people going surfing in the '60s in a convertible, you think when you see that car, that's what you think. And you know, if you if, if you think about the old '70s movies. Where you know teenagers are going down surfing, that's the car that they would be in. But from the way they describe it and how it drives, you just think that's a death trap.
2: It's a death trap. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had I've had a couple of them. Um, I got a head-on collision in one of them <sighs> and managed to with no seat belts because they didn't check that option. Um, but survived. It was an it was an option until 1964 up here, or 1965. Sorry.
0: Ashma like she has a car with one, no seat, does belts?
2: seat belts. It does, um, but they're not installed because they're lap belts. And I'd rather just yes. like die. I don't want to be cut in half. Um,
1: so it's not really so that's thing. an interesting. That's an interesting thing because my Porsche, I've got a 1966 Porsche 912. Yep. So that's the you know looks like a classic 911, but it's got a 1. yeah. 1.6 1600 cc engine in it, and it doesn't have any seat belts. And I've got the anchor points welded in for three-point seat belts and then I always think that though because the thing is if you're wearing the seat belt and you were to have a big accident and mine's left-hand drive so I'm always on the wrong side of the car so I can't overtake anything so I can't see past buses or anything and then you think if I was to have an accident wearing the lap belt I'm I'm not going to die but I'm going to have serious you know (laughs) life-changing injuries do I just want to you know go out james dean style <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> or
1: do i do i want to you know, get seriously injured and so at the moment it's got no seatbelts yeah but i get i, I totally get that and, it, and it's a car that i mean the, the corvair it's i mean a mark i don't know if you know anything about them but there's a few very beautiful looking cars. there's a few
0: of them here in perth where i live in western australia really? yeah that have been imported you know we've got um some not a turbo i'd be interested brock tell me what sort of horsepower does that car put out? One
2: hundred and eighty horsepower.
0: Mm, big numbers for that era.
2: And it, I mean, it—it's terrifying. It rips. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> well, especially when that turbo and, and comes on, nothing like a sixties turbo you know, got, to get you excited.
2: Lag too. You've got some serious turbo <laughs> lag in that. <laughs> you should look up, look up, look up some photos of the turbocharger on that. It's a beautiful setup. There's a, there's, there's probably not a more beautiful turbo on a car out there because it looks like an actual jet turbine
0: yeah okay cool. yeah fantastic is
1: it can the car can't weigh that much can it so 180 brake horsepower is a lot
2: yeah i can't i wish i knew what it weighed off the top of my head but um, i mean it's a american muscle steel car so it is pretty heavy um but it's quick like there's no doubt about it it was a really really quick car in its time so a little side note on corvairs and I don't know if you guys know this but they made a two-door coupe They made the two-door convertible, obviously, a four-door sedan, a wagon version, and a ramp-side pickup, all Corvair motors.
0: Ramp-side pickup? Very cool. So instead of
2: having a tailgate, it's got a ramp-side because the motor was in the back.
1: Oh. See, Mark's interested because, you know, pickups are a big thing in Australia. By the way, Brock, Mark is talking to us from the future. (laughs) Because <laughs> it's it's Wednesday where he is, and it's Tuesday where I am, and you are. <laughs> yeah, amazing technology.
0: No, I, I always did, want to travel in time. I did mention to Ajmal last week before we recorded, as I said, look, if Brock's a nice guy, I'll find out about what the local lotto numbers are for him.
2: <laughs> I'm on board. Yeah, yeah, I thought you might it, be exactly because yeah,
0: what you need yeah. is to spend more money on cars.
2: That's all I
0: need to do. <laughs> I, need a, I, need a, so, gr- I need more garage space is what I really need, don't we all? Oh, yeah, we well, well, well,
1: Ajmal, do yes. we? I know yes, absolutely. See, I've got, you know, local authority planning permission for my garage, but I can't find anybody to build it. Here's the picture. Rendition of it.
0: Oh nice. And the
1: architect even put three Porsches there.
0: They even look like 993s.
1: What I could put in, exactly. But before we get on to like talk about 996, because Brock, I've got a nineteen ninety 996, a Carrera two, and oh. it's um, I, I bought it as I bought it completely blind. It's it, it's the cheapest one that you could get in the UK. I bought it yeah. three years ago for six and a half thousand pounds, and it's been my everyday car during that time, and it's been brilliant. But it's crusty as hell. It's love it's, it, and and because it gets used, and I never wash it. Um, and for probably about three or four months, we sold our family hatchback. So it was our everyday family car, and I've got two small children. And it got to the point, you know, where they were clambering over the seats and climbing through the middle, wouldn't wait for me to put it down, footprints all over the dashboard, and it's been terrible. But before we get into that, you've also got a Boxster.
2: I do, yeah. I have a very special Boxster, actually, yeah.
1: Oh, what's special about it? Tell us about it.
2: Um, so it's a 97 base model, um, but it was built in Stuttgart. So those early, the very, very small number of those cars, um, before they had moved the factory, they were still trying to crank them out and they were building them in Stuttgart, um, on the 911 line.
1: Um,
2: so that's a little kind of special thing about it. I think, um, as a bit of an enthusiast, but the other crazy part is, uh, I've, I've had that car for about 18 months now, um, but it turned it turns out it was the very first Porsche that I had ever driven at 17 years old. And I didn't know this um, initially when I was looking at it. Um, I, I'm constantly surfing, you know, the classifieds, the online classifieds, yeah. craigslist or whatever it is. And I come across this blue Boxster, and I'm like, oh, cool, Savannah Beige. Interior, blue, wonderful, hard top. Um, I reach out to the guy he's like oh yeah you know it's I've, I've only put 10,000 miles on it since I've had it I bought it from a doctor and that doctor actually had won the car um in a raffle at the Portland International Auto Show and I just had this aha moment so in high school my girlfriend's dad won that Boxster at the Portland International Auto Show so I've got a long history with that car um, sneaking out, uh, you know, when, when the parents were on vacation and stealing the keys and, uh, hoping he didn't notice the mileage was going to change and, and, uh, taking it to prom and all this kind of stuff. And so when I saw this car, I, I told my wife, I said, listen, we're buying, I didn't tell her anything about it. I said, <laughs> I've got to go back to Portland. I've got to buy this car like today. I can't miss out on it. And I probably should have haggled with him on the price a little bit, but I didn't even haggle with him. I'm like, here's the money, give me the car. And then he brings out a box and he brings out this, this Porsche box, it's got every single article that I tore out of the magazines back in 97 wow. and 98 for my girlfriend's dad. Still in this box. He's like, the, the previous owner gave this all to me. I'm like, I'm not, almost tearing up over it because I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, it's, it's come back to me.
1: It's, it's wow. so cool. That's yeah. stunning. Because when you said it's the same one, and I'm thinking, what the actual same one? It's that insane, one. Yeah. and it's still fantastic, immaculate condition, and low mileage, and all of that.
2: Ten thousand miles in like that's fifteen years. Um, wow! Oh, yeah, gosh, it's that... perfect. Every single record since new. I mean, everything.
0: I've got two Mark? questions about this. Yeah. One, how do wife feel about you buying a car that reminds you of your ex-girlfriend?
2: we didn't really talk about the things that had happened in the car or the things that, you know, I'm like, creating new
0: memories, (laughs) creating new memories, Brock.
2: New memories, but ironically it's her car. Uh, It is ironic. I'm like, I'm going to buy, we're going to buy you a Boxster baby. But uh, yeah, I mean, we took that car to prom. I mean, I spent, I spent a lot of time in that car.
0: (laughs) Yeah, You probably shouldn't get so smiley and glassy eyed when you talk about it around her. That'd be my advice. Right. So funny. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's a great story. And then secondly, this sounds exactly the opposite type of story about Ajmal's blue Boxster. Ajmal, oh, really, tell Brock you really, about I, your Boxster that's blue. I, I
1: was gonna, I, As soon as Brock started talking about his Boxster, I was thinking, oh, God, I wish I hadn't bought this up. <laughs> 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 because, because I bought one again. I did the same thing that I did with my 911. It was online. It was on eBay. And, yeah. and I set out again to buy the cheapest Boxster in the country and I want to show the world that you can buy it and get into Porsche ownership and use it so I just bid on it I bought it for £2,200
0: come on
1: and Uh, you'll
0: find out why Brock
1: yeah I didn't (laughs) so I didn't go and see it I bought it completely blind it got delivered Uh, I opened the door and looked inside I thought I was going to be sick it's, it's like someone was sat in the driver's seat and dropped a big mug of hot chocolate in their lap and then decided to smoke three packs of cigarettes, then moved to the passenger side and do exactly the same thing. And it was the, um, the oil separator, it needed that doing, yeah. so it was billowing out smoke and the suspension is completely just had it. And I just thought, oh my God, what have I done? And so anyway, I, I got it home. I got it all cleaned up. All separators done. The radiator needed replacing because so it was just squirting out coolant. And uh, I took it for a drive and the suspension I hadn't fixed yet. So I, I spun it through a hedge. I literally spun 360 and went through a hedge and landed yeah. on grass verge. And then, uh, I, then I parked it on my driveway and I haven't got my garage yet. So I threw a cover over it. And my wife was like, you know, she said, I get, I get why you like the 911. You know, she said, it's like, you know, an iconic car. You've got it cheap. And I feel like you've got this mission. You've got to keep it going. And and she went, I get that. And she went, I don't understand. Why is that car there in the corner? It's just under a cover. <laughs> and she went, can you please do something about it? So I went and I moved, removed the cover two months later. And remember it's winter and there's a lot of greenery growing in there. I mean, it's like there's a fur cover on the steering wheel. I'll send you a video yeah. later. There's just it's green like mushrooms growing out of the door panels and everywhere like that. And I've got to get in there with a biohazard suit and clean it up. And totally. It's so it's yeah it's not.
0: So great. to that end, ultimately, Ajmal bought the worst box you could get and has made it worse. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's fair. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I'm going to agree with you on that. It sounds like that's the exact direction it went. It, it's it's horrific. But, you know, if you stand from a distance and squint, yeah, it kind of looks all right. Uh, yeah. So I my... I
2: mean, go ahead. Go on. Uh, I'm no, curious, it's... the cover. I'm curious about the cover. Is it like tarp or is it a cover? So if it's a cover, it still looks kind of like a Porsche. Uh, but, yeah. you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, no, no! It's it's a it's a proper cover. It's a proper cover. Yeah. You know, I went and I got the three membrane. The, the cover oh, is yeah. better than the car. You know, it's it's breathable. It's the it's all of those things. It's not breathable. I, it just it's yeah. It doesn't it doesn't help. It's if it was just, breathable,
0: you wouldn't have it. It wouldn't be looking like the inside of a fish tank with the water drained out.
1: I, I, I know, I know. And and do you know what the worst thing is? Because I went and had a look at. I, I went and had a look today, and because I was in the garden, and you know. I don't know if you know Brock. We've had like three storms in a week over here. So right. fence panels are down, trees are falling down, all sorts. But but the cover hasn't come off the car. So I thought okay. I'm going to go and look under the cover. And you know when you go and look, and you just you you're kind of you know sometimes when you can taste sick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just comes up. To, it was like that. <laughs> it was like. And it's like kind of slightly, you know, chunky, and you swallow it back down. That's exactly what happened. I'm sorry, that's a bit graphic, oh, no. but that's exactly what happened. And now I'm thinking, oh my God, I've got to get in there and clean that up. And then I've got to get it, you know, I've got there's three things it needs doing to get it roadworthy. The right. rear brake discs and pads just completely had it, CV boots completely had it. The front suspension on the one side is doing nothing. You can hear the wheel bouncing when you're driving it, you can literally okay. hear the wheel bouncing. And this was so, going on before do... you spun it into the hedge? and uh, it, I think it was happening during the spin. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> it, was, it was going quite slowly. And you know when a car, it just completely catches you by surprise. There's no reverse lock. There's no put more yeah. power down. There's no touch the brake. It just went. And yeah. you know what's to the point? I grabbed the steering wheel and I closed my eyes because it was spinning quite fast. And I had time to think, oh, it's still spinning. It's still oh spinning. God. This is a Corvair I, story, honestly. Yeah, exactly. It was like that. <laughs> totally but, you Corvair know, It story. wasn't even the pendulum effect because the engine's in the middle. So it wasn't like yeah. you know, the weight transfer yeah. happened and I wasn't going very fast. So that is something I've got to deal with. But I want to shift it straight over to your 996 Carrera 4X yeah. because yeah. the crazy stuff that you do in it all the time, driving it in snow and sand and all of these things, when you wash it, why does it still look better than mine? uh i mean the
2: company
1: the
2: the company is gonna love hearing this but yeah i mean i i it's ceramic coated and it's it's a very i'm very particular about i like to get my cars dirty i love my cars dirty um i think because i also love to clean my cars and then i love how they look clean it's like this weird you know cycle cycle that i can't stop um but knowing that I also want to make sure the products that I was using were the best. And I'm a product junkie. You know, I don't know if you guys' wives are like this, but when I go into like the bathroom and I open up the cupboard, it's like rows and rows and rows of products. Okay. It's everything. Then we've got a, a, you know, another cupboard outside of the bathroom. And then there's like rows and rows and rows. That's what it's like in my, in my garage space with car care products is I've got everything you could possibly imagine from every brand that you could possibly imagine. And then when I got this weird Insta fame thing happening, everybody started sending me their products. And uh, this company called this is not necessarily a plug for them. It just happens to be this company called Gion sent me some products. And I mean, they sent me a lot of products. Um, so I'm like, I'm gonna try them all out and see how they work. And, and I used them for six months. And I never talked to those guys. I didn't I didn't tell me it was working. I didn't tell them I liked it. I didn't tell them I didn't like it. I just want to find out This stuff's amazing. And that's why my cars always look better is, I swear (laughs) to you, it's that stuff. It's unreal. Um, Very, very cool. But it's ceramic coated. And, you know, I wash it occasionally.
1: uh, See, this is the the problem with mine. So I washed mine last March. Yeah. And in that time, obviously, the roads get salted here. That's the big problem over here. And I live in the country. So, you know, it's it's muddy as hell. And the problem I've got now is because my car is twenty four years old, um, right. because I don't wash it. But I don't know if it's directly because I don't wash it, but it's starting to rust. Oh, okay. So a, a little bit of rust has come out, and you can see, you know, you know when rust uh, people call it patina, but when when yeah. rust happens and then it starts to drip down the side of the car. Yes, it's, that's happened on one quarter pound just Ooh. behind the wheel. Yeah, it starts. It's and it's coming from underneath where there's obviously a bit of moisture, a bit of salt trapped somewhere, yeah. and it's and it's coming through the paint. So I've got to get that cut out, and then I repainted.
2: Mean, should I walk you guys out and show you mine right now?
0: Let's Do see it. There, yeah, let's see it. Do it while you're walking, so you just
1: Brock. So. it today.
0: While you're walking, Brock, I have a. Uh, where? I have a non-Porsche car. It's a um, a car you can't get in the US called a Toyota GR Yaris. It's a rally car style homologation car. Yes. And um, when I bought that car, I actually got also got sent a range of products from Gion to try out. You know, really? And yes, and I'll, I agree with you. The products are amazing. The quality of the product is incredible. So I'm happy for you to plug Gion because they look after me as well. Yet, nice. ironically, the only person in this conversation that really does need them more than both of us doesn't actually like washing cars
2: no no so i'm just going to get down here and show you guys
0: oh yep so, so it's, it's nice wow.
2: and nice and properly dirty i think oh you guys still there there we go I,
0: yep. feel, I feel like we're about to see bears or something for the way this car's parked
2: <laughs> so you know it's oh, filthy no.
0: Oh, actually, this is this is terrible podcasting. Okay, everyone, we're looking at Brox nine nine six, which is a dark green. For those that haven't seen it, it's got yellow fog lights on the front. Which great job on those fog lights. Plus, it's got a color coded roof box. It's missing a Porsche crest off the front left turbo twist wheel. Um, he's oh, got. Yeah, I,
2: take, I take the center caps
0: off. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Full. Yeah. Oh, he's in full off road spec. No center caps. They are expensive to replace. It's a smart-looking car. There
1: there you go. And That's the tour. And, it, and it's lowered, isn't it? Is it lower? And it's lowered, yes. I
0: always thought the car looked low in the photos on Instagram because of how much weight was on the roof.
2: No, it's actually lowered. It sits on H&R Sports Springs. Yeah, am okay. a total madman.
0: Wow. So you so hooding... lowered your car to go off-road.
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't. When I bought this car, it, my intentions were not to take it off-road at all. They were not inten- – my intentions were not to camp with it. Um, so this has all just become kind of a product of chance.
0: If there's ever been a 996 that should have been safaried, you know, have a safari suspension pack on it, it's yours, yet you went the other way.
2: I did. I, I have moments of regret occasionally.
0: As, as your under tray um, is scraping across rocks?
2: There's not much under tray left. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I actually, uh, we did some pretty hard snow driving the other day and we got on the freeway and I kept hearing the scraping sound. I couldn't figure out what it was. I'm like, I gotta pull over. I gotta pull. There's no place to pull over because there's walls of snow on both sure. sides of the road. Cool. Finally, find a place to pull over and I get underneath it and there's like a chunk of my under, you know, the, the panel just hanging and flapping and dragging. And uh the problem is is it was it had broken away from the outsides of the car, not it was still attached in the middle. Yeah. And um, so I'm just I put on my leather gloves and I'm just yanking the shit out of it, just trying to just break it off from underneath the car, and it eventually broke off and I just threw it on the side of the road and left. So there's not much left.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit of a snowplow
2: almost. It is a bit of a snowplow, yeah.
0: How do you go with chains and stuff like that on a car that low?
2: I don't do or chains. Should, um, do use winter I tires? Just, I, have, I, I run Nokian uh, Hakkapeliitta R3s, and they are amazing. Um, best snow tires I've run yet, and I, I don't think anything's like – they're point and shoot. They just they, they grip everywhere. I
0: like yeah, okay.
1: Never you, change ha- your tires, you change your tires seasonally, obviously, because you go on all these different surfaces, or do you yeah. just go with one set and that's it? <laughs>
2: I basically like, I think I change my tires probably three or four times a year. Um, wow. And it's, it's not, I mean, one obvious I put snow tires on, but then I have to, and I'll usually go through a full set of snow tires in a season. So by the end of the season I'm due for another set. And so that means another set goes on and then spring rolls around and I put my fresh, you know, summer tires on and I burn through those things in a minute and I'll usually blow one of those out or something like that. Cause I've, I've, I'm known for blowing tires and uh, then I throw another set on and then I do it all over again. I hope you've
1: got sponsorship by a tire company.
2: Uh, they, yeah. I've got a few, few connections with tire companies.
1: <laughs> so Brock all their tires are great. <laughs> so one of the things that, um, so one of my friends who I, I know through Instagram and he's doing a, a project where they're going to build a 550 spider using modern yeah. techniques and, um, he wrote off to uh, a, a detailing company, and he sent them a picture of my car, and said, <laughs> <laughs> "and said if you send us some products, we will do a video cleaning this car with your products, and we will use all of them." So he's—they've sent him a ton of stuff. Good. So I have to drive down there, and I mean, again, Mark's going to laugh at me, but it feels like it's a long way away, but it's about an hour away, and in the in England, that's a long drive. So I've got to drive down to the is, coast.
2: How many miles kilometers? How many? Yeah, miles. We can know you miles for you. Yeah, yep. miles.
1: Yeah. It's it's probably about 70 miles. Not 70, 65. Maybe that. Okay. On a good run. So it's not, it's it's not particularly far. So I've got to get down there when the weather's right, because the weather is awful right. here. And then go and clean it. And then properly do a detail. And I'm slightly scared about what I'm going to find underneath all of the muck because you know it's got it's got <laughs> it's got green stuff growing on it. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, even at Christmas, I mean, you probably get this because when we were buying Christmas trees and things, you know, we didn't have, that was our family car and my wife was not convinced that I would be able to get a Christmas tree, but we got a big six footer Christmas tree and, you know, just shove it through the sunroof, sit it on the passenger seat. It's absolutely fine. I mean, my, my daughter (laughs) found it hilarious when I went around a corner and it fell on my head and I couldn't reach the, the, the stick. So I had to then every time i changed gear i had to move it with my head and change the gear and yeah i left a kind of quite an imprint on my head but um but it you know it's a i keep telling people it's a practical family car i love it it really
2: is i i mean i don't have a family but i can i can completely understand having a small family and being able to drive a 911 a
1: 996 yeah to a certain extent
2: i mean once their legs get long enough then it's no good.
1: Yeah, as, as an adult, you know, it's no good for people in the back with people with legs. You know, it's literally yeah. for people with no legs. Whereas my three-year-old uh, has her seat on the one side. So I've just taken yep. the pad out from the bottom, put the seat in, fine. Uh, my daughter, who's seven, she's actually very tall for her age. So she normally sits behind me. So I'm sat very close to the steering wheel when she's, when yeah. there's all four of us in the car, which isn't very often. But normally it's the three of us, so she can sit in the front. And it's and it's brilliant. It's just sometimes yeah. when you go to a shop, you buy a ton of stuff, and then you come out and you go, "Ah, how am I going to fit that in?" And it's the, the having the sunroof is a boon.
2: Yeah, because stuff it's a big, sticking big out time.
1: there. For a I do want bars though. Where, you've got bars on yeah. your car? Did it come with them, or did you put them on?
2: I put them on, um, and this was this was again before the the blow up of my Instagram account. Um, and it was just it took me probably five months of like looking all over the internet, um and I bought them out of Colorado um, and then had them shipped out. oh
0: wow you're talking about you're talking yeah. about the roof racks here, aren't you? this when you say bars yep. actually meant? was it Oma? Yeah, yeah, okay. I yesterday, I had an interesting coincidence, like you know, knowing we were going to be talking. well, when I say yesterday, it's your today. Well, yesterday, for me, <laughs> the um, I actually got a phone <laughs> yes, call yesterday. I got a phone call yesterday afternoon from the local dealer principal of the Porsche Center, Z1 Porsche Center in Perth, um, saying, Oh, the new McCann T is in, um, or it's been released. Do you want to, um, we've got one coming in, in another couple of weeks. Do you want to book some time with it to do some filming? I said, Yeah, I do. Lock me in, right? And um, we're we'll just talking general. Um, and so, oh yeah, he actually asked me to come down and have a chat to him. So I went down and had that chat. It's only about hmm, maybe six kilometres or what's that? Five miles from my house. Four and a half. Four and a half miles from my house. Um, so I go down there and there is a filthy 996.2 C4 S in, what was the maroon? Arena red, right? Oh yeah. With... The Porsche spec roof racks and a Yakima basket on it, right? Love it, love it. <laughs> Parked like in the service centre. I thought, I'm talking to Brock later on, uh, early tomorrow morning. <laughs> what a coincidence! So yeah, Arena Red, you know that 993 launch colour, and oh, yeah, um, beautiful. yeah, and oh, the thing was filthy. It made it made Ajmal's car look. Oh, and had mismatched wheels, alloy wheels on it. Oh. You know, so this thing looked flogged within an inch of its life. Not one panel was untouched, yeah, Every, you know, from a car park or a dent or, you know, it's just a car that had been driven within an inch of its life, you know, well used wow. would be the polite way to describe it if you were selling it.
2: I love those cars. I love seeing cars like that, especially when it's a Porsche.
0: Yeah. It, 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 it parked all the poo in one corner, though, because there was another one parked next to it that was in a – um black and like you know black's a hard color to keep in good condition yeah. as a car in general right and this person had clearly given up years ago right <laughs> <laughs> again 996 yeah. so these parked all in that one quarter of the uh, car park service and anyways I, I thought the coincidence of the roof rack and the yakima basket like i've seen <laughs> roof boxes on 911 but never a basket you know the uh yeah just to anyway it was funny
2: i i you know, think a basket uh, I like to haul around. I've got a big Yeti cooler I like to throw up there. And then um, I also have uh, my wife's in the beer business, which is a very nice thing. So I can <laughs> Oof, fit a I'd i be in size. trouble. Yeah, yeah, believe me, I'm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carb it's, loading. Them on.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, but I'll throw, I can throw a keg, a full size, like 15-2 keg on the roof. And let me tell you, that gets some really interesting looks when you're driving around a 911 with a keg on the roof.
0: Especially when the hose is coming out of the roof and going into the driver's. Oh, yeah,
2: right.
0: Right. right in the driver's side door. That sounds very
1: French. That... Well, I, I get, I get, I get judged by people who other Porsche drivers who see me in mine because I was at the uh, the petrol station today, and yeah. someone pulled up next to me. In annoyingly, it was another silver Porsche, but it was a 997. It was a Targa. Oh yeah. And he pulled up, and it was it was shiny as hell, like you know, shining like the sun. And and I'm there in mine. And at first I don't see it because it pulls up behind me, and I think someone's pulled up in a sporty car, I'm filling up, and I turn around and the guy stood there looking at me, and <laughs> and I thought he's not going to say anything, and he's and he's just looked at me and gone mate, and then looked at my car, looked at me and just shook his head and walked off. Uh, I was like no, what? and that's not the first time that's happened because I I there's a, not far from me is the Porsche Great Britain headquarters. Yeah, about five miles away. And right next door to it is massive supermarket. And, you know, there's a petrol station there. I've been in there. And where I used to live six months ago, there were lots of trees around. So sometimes I'd just leave the car there for sometimes days, weeks. And it just gets covered in, in bird droppings. And I say yeah. droppings. Yeah. It, it's kind of like a pterodactyl's had diarrhea over it. It looked <laughs> totally. like that. And so I thought, oh, God, I need to clean that off. But anyway, I go to the shop, I'm getting petrol, and a guy pulls in with his brand new 992. Of and he's, he's next to me because he's obviously just come from the dealership. He's filling up. And, and I can see him looking <laughs> at me while I'm filling up. I'm trying not to look at him. and I can, I can tell, yeah, his eyes are burning <laughs> into the back of my neck. <laughs> so I finish, yeah. and I go to get in, and I open the door, and he looks at me, and he goes, he goes, dude, your car's a disgrace (laughs) and and I look at it and I look at it and I want to say no fuck you but I don't I look at him and I just have a look of resignation on my face and I just get in a driveway yeah you know I
2: get that a lot I mean especially with the way the car looks right now it is I don't know if you guys could tell what what, doing the walk around but it is filthy um and but the thing is like I love to go to the Porsche dealership and to park right in the front door and then just to stand inside and then just like watch the people walk out and look at it and just like shake their heads or, you know, whatever. And I'll, I'll stand out there and I'll make some comment like, that's a disgrace. And people are like, oh, yeah, this, this owner doesn't care about his car, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, if you have any idea how much I care about my car, <laughs> but I'd never tell him it was mine. And that's one of the – I will say that's probably one of the things I enjoy the most about it is the hate that I get. And that sounds backwards, but I love the just – drama that comes out of that car and and the things that I've done in it. In fact, I just started a TikTok here a little while ago. Um, I figured I'd, you know, jump on and see what the kids are up to. (laughs) Um, and I just had a video go, I, I probably couldn't call it viral, but it's got like 200,000 plays or whatever it is over the past, like 24 hours. And my favorite thing is it's got like a hundred comments on it. 150 comments and there's a ton of negative comments on there. And I love reading because they're so ignorant, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it just re, you know, it kind of breaks my hope and humanity that people are so ignorant and so negative. But at the same time, it's like, really you, I know what you're driving. Like you're, you have no idea like how great this car is and why it looks the way it looks and how much fun I'm having to get it to look this way. So Brock, I'm all
0: about a dirty. I, Brock, I commend yeah, you right, on too. wearing that like a badge of honor and Ajmal two things on those two events you just described, right? One, the 997 guy. Say, mate, don't shake your head at me. You've got a Targa. Yeah. That's the first thing, right? The next yeah. thing, you know, the, probably the most undesirable of the 997s. They didn't even make the Targa properly. Yeah. They made a hatchback, for Christ's sake. Yeah, and secondly, the other guy in the 992, mate, you had to buy a new car to get a shiny one. Don't even talk to me about how dirty mine is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. I <laughs> I got one of those. I could have said to them, "I will crash into your car, and it won't make any difference to mine."
0: Yeah, it's going to increase yeah, right. the value of mine with that exactly. nice paint on We'd it. Even
1: know. <laughs>
0: exactly, because
1: one of the things uh, I always got when I first got it new—got um got it new, I got new it to you—three years ago, yeah—and uh, so my car has now just clicked over to one hundred and fifty-seven thousand miles. So yes, it's enough. done a lot of miles, and yeah. and I drive it. I thrash it to within an inch of its life. You know, I redline it like every time I go out in it, and um, likes it. it does. It drives better when you do that. And w- and one of my friends said to me, "Why do you keep doing that to it? It's an old car. It's going to die." And I and I always come back with. That's its function. That's what it's made to do. If it's not doing that, it's not happy. And, you know, Dime. it's not like it's a, it's a hatchback that you're driving the, you know. to so with an inch of its license. It's not made to do that. Whereas this car is actually made for that. And it's immense fun when you're doing it. When we live, I live in the country, the country lanes here. And when you're, especially when you're in winding roads, it's brilliant. Don't, I mean, I wouldn't do it in the wet. And also you get like a little bit, nothing like where you are, Brock, but you get a little bit of wildlife here. And I'm yeah. talking probably like a badger or something or a deer. And yeah. if I'm in a if I'm in a bend and I'm, you know, high revs and I'm in a low gear and something jumps out, that's it. You're you're gonna be wrapped around a tree. Because if you yeah. take your foot off the gas and hit the brake, mid-bend, it's all over. Yep,
2: yep. I can understand I, I definitely can relate to the wildlife situation.
1: <laughs> we have these kind of wildlife though, where you you look like you're proper out in the sticks where you are now.
2: Yeah, I mean uh on my way up to the mountain the other day i had a bear run across the road in front of me i mean that's wildlife we see i mean there's wild like mountain lions on the regular like big mountain lions 150 200 pound like big cats you know that we'll i'll catch on the cameras i had a a big old black bear come up to the back door of the cabin here a little while back and like sniff around put his nose all over the window yeah so we get some wildlife
0: ajmal Yeah. That scares the shit out of me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too. But the thing is, Mark says that, but Mark lives in Australia where everything kills you. Everything in the toilet some giant spider's going to bite you on the ass and kill you.
0: Look, my daughter's, Brock, my daughter's nine years old, right? She's got a massive problem with spiders. Doesn't like it. I'm not
1: surprised because there's massive spiders there.
0: Yeah, but as I explained to her, I'm going to explain to you, Ashmal. And Brock can listen, right? About spiders, they're like this big. Sure, you get some that are this big, you get some that are this big, but in general, we're like five hundred times bigger than them. It's like a skyscraper being scared of me, as a perspective. <laughs> do you see the Do you see the comparison here? And yeah, sure, there are spiders. that very few of the big spiders actually hurt you. They're just creepy. Oh a as well. I used to have a car Um in the nineties. It was a it's a car that you d don't get there, but the equivalent car would be something like say a Mazda three two three. I'm sure you oh, have yeah. something. Or equivalent like a Vauxhall Astra, yeah. that type of car, right? Like that type of hatchback I had, like a, a not hot hatch. Okay? <laughs> yeah. And
2: not hot, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean.
0: All right. I was driving down the coast. I'm fortunate enough to live right on the beach here, Brock, and I was driving just a road that goes down the coast and I had my arm on the sill and, you know, your mirror, your, your your driver's mirror on the door? As I'm driving, a huntsman spider, they're big, hairy spiders here in Australia. They're probably about that big, right, Ian, just in perspective, yeah, about that big, right, just checking the camera's perspective. For listeners, I'm talking maybe... 150 millimeters, six inches across, right, runs out from behind the mirror inside the housing, runs straight up my arm, up my neck, and up into my hat that I was wearing. No, while I'm driving. Come on, man. I'm deadly serious. Right? <laughs> this is back in the '90s. Right? I'm still scarred from the experience. Now, the spider itself, they don't actually bite you. Or if they do, they're not poisonous or anything, right? They, you know, but uh, they're not biters. But they are social. Would be a good way to describe them okay so I take the hat off and the spider's on the inside of my cap I can see it as I'm driving I'm, ah, whole hat boom out the window with the spider yeah, in it. Did, <laughs> it, did
1: it did it bite you? nah
0: didn't like I said they're right, social so, so, spiders they, you know they'll come around they'll run around and have a look but they don't actually latch on
1: so you don't have superpowers?
0: no 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 I'm no Spider-Man, not spider man no yeah okay I get this <laughs> yeah, I'm not spider man would yeah, you
1: bro? yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I d
2: I don't do spiders either. I don't bear I'm not worried about bears. I'm not I wouldn't want to come across a mountain lion. Um cougar, whatever it's calling them. But well, what are
0: you gonna do? Steer it down. <laughs> yeah.
2: I've seen the videos, I've seen how that goes. It's usually not good.
0: Yeah, you'd rather be in the car Absolutely. hitting them and wrecking your car than standing there facing it, wouldn't it? You let's face it.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. But we we've lots of deer and elk and that kind of wildlife. That's just a common
0: They're everywhere. In the, in the Uh, area, like as far out of town as you are now here in Western Australia, we have mostly um, kangaroos, you know, once you get out of town, which are similar, but my goodness, do they wreck cars? I've had it. I've had had two cars that have been, that I've hit kangaroos in that have just, mate, there's no coming back from it, you know?
2: So on the uh, Australia 996 conversation, Um, the twin of my car is now in Australia, The twin, Um, in fact, a guy named, uh, Bill, uh, fingers crossed for tomorrow is his Instagram, um, is the one who inspired my nine nine six. And I was trying to buy his for the longest time. And, uh, I couldn't, he just wasn't willing to sell fast enough. So I ended up finding mine. Yeah. And then he sold his like a month after I bought mine, of course to a guide in california well this guy found me on instagram and hit me up and we got our cars together at this big abandoned airport a nasa landing strip down in in abandoned nasa landing strip down in southern california uh, as kind of like a farewell to him because he was moving to australia for work and this has probably been about two years ago so in our cars his is basalt black so mine's atlas gray um but he's got the rally lights in the front, the roof box on the top, the roof uh, basket. Actually, I think he's running a basket on the top, um, an awning, the whole bit. And he actually raised his car up and was going to put a legit brush guard on it because he was worried about kangaroos over in Australia.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I get it. But they, they, as it'd be like hitting weight-wise, they're probably equivalent in hitting a deer.
1: Yeah.
2: Wow. No thanks. Not good.
1: So, so Brock, what do you think? And and Mark, you as well. What do you think of the? Because you know this rumored this nine eleven Overlander thing Safari. that Porsche are making. Yeah. What What do you think of the of that concept?
2: I'm pretty on board with it. I think it's a.
1: For me, it's.
2: It's part of it's Porsche history. Like it really is. It's it's nine eleven history. They I mean you look at the Paris car You know nine five nines and. Some of the, the you know the early G body cars that they were rallying you know and all over the place. I think it's it's very very on brand for them um to do something like that. I think it's going to be you know the next GT3 touring. Everybody's going to want one. They're going to be impossible to get. They're going to be astronomically expensive. And um but I think that they're I, I think it's a good thing. I'm on board with that.
0: I'm I'm pretty curious That's- about. Oh look. I think in the 991 series car, there were 29 iterations of 911 you could buy. I think was a number. Okay. <laughs> yes. I think in 992, we're going to hit 40.
2: It's pretty wild.
0: Okay. It's, there's going to be that many options, different 911s you could buy, only an enthusiast would know. To that end, like I saw yesterday a Taycan Sport Turismo. Okay. So it's jacked up suspension all the yeah. plastic cladding down the sides and around the wheel arches and stuff for this very same thing, except I don't think anyone considered it. there's no electric charges out in the sticks. Um, but the I think the 911 Safari, it's probably going to be as token as that. It's going to be no more off-road capable than, say, an Audi all-road. I don't think it's going to be a proper yeah sports car right. for the off for off-road use like if it was it had come with bash guards under the, the front of it and things like that and i don't think they'll do that i think it'd be a bit more of a like the gt3 touring is an homage type concept you know not an actual off-road sports car if they made an actual yeah. off-road sports car like you remember that um what was that uh singer car they made recently for safari race and dls or whatever it's called that if they made it along those lines where it was an actual like imagine an off-road gt3 with you know 10 inch travel suspension and stuff on it that would be exciting wouldn't it right but i don't think they're building that
2: no i don't think they'll build it either i think that you're right it's going to be a bit of an homage to you know that history and i think that's what a lot of the 911 has become right like that's it's their it's their halo car and so i can pay homage to all of the history of the brand
0: or Um. the other the other thought process could be we have in particularly in 992 and you know all the cars are getting so expensive now around the world right (laughs) the an aging customer base that There aren't 25 year olds going out buying brand new 992s, or if they are, they're very new money, right? So, if that's the case, they actually need to jack up these 992s so the older buyers can get in and out of them. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Good point. Good
0: point. Because, you know, I I I, I got in a GD4 yesterday with sport buckets in it. Now, don't get me wrong, Brock, I'm a little guy. I'm five foot zero. I'm, you know, I can't grow a beard because I'll look like a garden gnome, right? And the uh, getting in and out of this gd 4 with sport buckets, mate, you're not doing that if you're 60 years old.
2: No. Yet, hey, listen, you have to be 60 to afford one. The mountain. It's true. I three days of the mountain, getting out of my 911 is hard enough. Like I'm just like, oh, everything hurts. Like it's like, (laughs) yeah.
0: And you look a lot younger than me. So as a result. That's why they're jacking up the 992s, <laughs> mal, just so people can get in and out of the, them. Yeah, the
2: the, the geriatric 911s.
0: Yeah.
1: See, I can't fit I can't fit properly in my Boxster, so I can't really keep it because my knees are all up. So when I'm turning the steering wheel, my hands are hitting my knees, the gear sticks are hitting my knees, the steering's and so I'll I'll have to sell it for that reason. But the thing that we we're talking about this Safari 911 how many do you think are actually going to go off-road? I think they're going to be so yeah. rare, so hard to get hold of. I think they're going to sit in a garage where on, no hang one's going to use that's, them. That's
0: that's not a metric to measure it. How many Range Rover Sports go off-road?
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: That's that's different though. That's no. different because they can be used as everyday cars. This Safari won't be able to. I hope. I hope that either.
2: that uh, they call me and and Lee Keen and and some of these other guys and and ask us to take the cars out for a good rip you know a little marketing thing because that'll be the first and probably the last time a lot of those get abused like that yep, um, yep. you know I've been pushing I've been pushing uh, portion North America to get me a a, a sport turismo um, to go and, and rip around in the desert and do some of the things that I do in my 911 lowered 911 uh, but they don't have any so so it's, it's not <laughs> happening um, I think you'll I, get
1: you'll you'll get trapped out in the stick somewhere with no battery charge
2: it's true, yeah. It's a little little sketch. I did drive a a, a Turbo S, uh, a Taycan Turbo S, for uh, a week, and extremely impressed with the, the charge on those things. Like wildly impressed. I couldn't believe it. And I drove foot to the floor everywhere I could possibly go.
0: That's what you do when you don't have an electric car and you get in one. You th- that 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 one trick pony event never gets old totally. for the first week, I reckon. But after you know, after that, I think yeah. you're done.
2: Yeah, then you're back to driving normal yeah yeah i get it no. but i i mean i'm getting too i was getting driving like that at the end of the day i i, I could run down you know a legitimate 250 miles in charge like you get 250 miles that's what i would get in my almost in my 996 if i was driving like that
0: but wow. the 996 would fill up in 11 minutes so, that, yeah, that's the difference that.
2: 80 what is it 85 i can tell we're having a, an e-card debate here um <laughs> I, I think that the other thing is the tycon charging to, if you find a, ra- a rapid charger charging up to 85 percent in 30 minutes is pretty good yeah you some time to scroll through instagram
0: <laughs> that's easy. Oh, i do it's, it's easy to say when you got one of those blue ticks next to your name
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole funny story yeah. that's for sure
1: I don't uh, yeah, know so I look, I look at my Instagram. I look at my Instagram, and you know, it takes three minutes. Yeah, no one's no one's looked at anything. Yeah. Hit like <laughs> on a couple, and then you go, "Oh, the car isn't charged yet." Oh my god, I'm gonna have to sit here bored out my mind. What
2: am I
0: gonna do? Yeah. yeah, Brock, are you an influencer? As and look, I appreciate not everyone likes the term, but yeah. you know what I mean. The um is that your job?
2: Uh, I don't think it's my job it's definitely supplemental income
0: yep sure um
2: yeah i i would love I, actually I, I wouldn't want to do it as a job um one of the things that i enjoy about what i my car and what i do is i don't actually despite what it might look like i don't actually share everything that i'm always out doing like a lot of times i'm just kind of it's what i've shared throughout you know i've done it once and then i share it throughout the week or something like that sure um, if I started doing that and if I started it as my job and it was full time and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm making six figures from it, then it becomes an obligation yep. and then the fun is gone and then I don't want to do it. And then nobody enjoys what I'm actually doing. So.
0: What do you do a for a job? There, right? What, what do you, what do um,
2: So that's a complicated question. Uh, <laughs> I'm a, I, it's I not, say I'm it sounds like a
0: complicated, complicated answer
2: yeah uh, I'm an entrepreneur I, I've done, I have done a lot of different things. Um, I've probably got five different sources of significant income right now oh, come on. Um, but I had helped start uh, a couple of companies. One of those companies um, had a product that went public uh, kind of an offshoot sure. and that helped helped set things up a little bit more comfortable uh, but not to the point where like I'm retired I mean my wife still has a normal, Esque job and, and things like that. That's where the beer but, comes you know, from, I remember. Cool. What's that?
0: That's where the beer comes from, I remember. That's
2: where the beer comes from. Nobody ever forgets that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know, we've got some Airbnbs. Um, you oh, know, yeah. So okay. just different investments. Yeah, things great. Like
0: that. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. I was expecting yep. a simple answer, like you pack fish in tins or something.
1: Yeah, I used to do that. that was, yeah. That's how I started. Yeah, okay. I, I, I was hoping you were going to say something like, I work for the FBI. I can't say anymore.
2: Yeah, I had a, I had a girl. I, I dated a girl before my wife, and uh, she was 100% confident that I was Jason Bourne. And I'm like, <laughs> because I, I would never tell her what I was going to do, but I was traveling a lot. I'd be I, for work in this this company, and I'd you know be like, hey, I gotta, I'm grabbing a flight out tomorrow. I will be back for a week or two. And she's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm just going to the East Coast. I got work to do, and yeah, you know, I would just be vague. It was fun.
0: <laughs>
2: um, yeah that, that was a really that was a fun time yeah that
0: that worked for girlfriends that. not with wives that sort of thing
1: yeah it doesn't work <laughs> <wives>. yeah <laughs> no That's yeah i'm just gonna disappear for a week and
0: um
2: yeah actually i tried that uh next week uh into this week we're heading out of town for my wife's birthday and then uh we're jetting across to florida for a works reunion at, oh, in nice Amelia island the concourse out there and oh, nice. I said, hey, I'm going to be going out. to After your birthday, I'm going to head out to Florida for a week. Um, Portia invited me out to speak at this thing and blah, blah, blah. And, and she's like, wait, what? I'm like, I'm going to go to Florida. And she's like, we're going to Florida. <laughs> <We're> going- <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to Florida.
1: It's,
0: uh, I think my, yes.
2: wife's
1: the, my wife's the opposite. She'd be like, oh, I'm going to, you know, some car show for a week. And she'd be like, oh, great. I mean, the thing is, first you'll go, hang on, I'm, I'm going to have the children by myself. But, right. you know, she works at a really intense. She's quite senior at work. But at the same time, she'll be thinking, I won't have to watch any rubbish car shows in the evening. So that's yeah. a good thing.
0: I don't have to drink and as much you know, br- Prosecco.
1: So she, it's, <laughs> it's, it's peer pressure. I drink Prosecco through peer pressure. And by the way, you know, if any Prosecco companies out there, vineyards still want to sponsor us, I'm, I'm on board with <laughs> that.
0: That, <laughs> yeah. I have had no calls this week. What about you, Ashmore? no
1: calls. What? I thought, you know, yeah. we'd would be, would be in Italy by now.
0: Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Road trip. I can't get you out of this. A... Oh, actually, the whole COVID thing, we're... not that I want to make the conversation about that, Brock, but we yeah. live in a bit of a bubble here in Western Australia. It's almost like another country. Yeah. It's the most remote city in the world, right? Yep. Our next closest city to us is actually Singapore. Okay. So not another city in Australia. So that give you an idea yeah. of how far away we are from everything, as a result, we have we've only just in the last three weeks had COVID really hit the place.
2: Yeah.
0: So everyone else has been, but we haven't been able, to, haven't had the state open. You can't, people just can't come in. We don't let them, or well, we don't want to say we, the right. government, right? And yeah. that's we're opening up on March the third, but in preparation for that, they've been drip feeding people through. So now COVID. Like, there's a couple of hundred cases a day type thing. Right. But on March the 3rd, it's going to be open slather and we're going to go through that whole thing that everyone else in the world went through two years ago. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. we're all triple vaccinated and all that sort of stuff, whether, you know, if you choose to do that, but pretty much socially the government's forcing everyone to do it because you can't right. go to hotels or cafes without proof of vaccination and all that sort of stuff, right? But all that aside, the... Um, Ajmal, I can now go to Italy if we do get a sponsor, if they do need us to do a um, you know, press <laughs> the flesh. There's, that's yes. where this point was coming from. I'll but up until now, I'm I couldn't because I couldn't get – I could leave, but I wasn't able to come back. So
2: you could I'm leave. Cold. You just couldn't come back. That's
0: right. It's a one-way ticket. You know, <laughs> All right. So they
2: didn't so leave.
0: didn't know how us. long that one-way ticket was going to be good for.
2: It was like you're gone for who knows how long. Well,
0: it's been two years. There are, you know, yeah. that, the, the big stink that's been kicked wow. up is the number of people who've got families who couldn't get back. People were on business trips, Brock, and they couldn't get back And they shut the door.
2: That's so wild. We
0: had a a small window open for like two weeks and I had to go to the East Coast to do some work and they decided to close the door early because of the impact it was having. You know, there was like four cases. Yes, only four cases and they decided to close the state again and I got a text while I was over there saying we're closing the state in 12 hours. So I had to race the airport. My work colleague who was with me, I had to, I had to drive him to another different airport because all the flights just went and got booked up to get back, you know what I mean, for everyone.
1: Yeah. My life just, didn't change.
0: Your life? No.
1: <laughs> no. no not, not, is that because you're so remote or is that because of the time? We're talking about going to road no.
0: trips.
2: Yeah. I mean, I got, I got to go places.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, no, you know, for me,
2: it was, I'm already inadvertently social distancing, right. Cause I don't, I don't do a lot of social things, uh, at least in groups. I, I like you know, I keep my friends really close and, and that's it. Um, but I did, I just, I, I was still road tripping and I was still driving around and going to places and, you know, I could still go to grocery stores and I could fill a growler of beer somewhere if I wanted to. Um, and then I just go out and do my thing. I, I did write kind of like peak pandemic, um, fall of 2020, um, wildly. Porsche Motorsports uh, and Esquire magazine wanted me to do a road trip uh, down the West Coast. I'm like, okay, you know, like, I'll do it, Like no big deal. Um, and I, I went down. I started in Oregon, and I drove all the way down to basically almost Mexico, um, and hit all the famous race along the way. And interviewed a bunch of different racing drivers, Le Mans winners, um, influencers. You know, everybody from Rod Emery to Magnus Walker to you know um, Patrick Long. I mean, like all the different you know, everybody that was involved. And that was hardcore dead center of the pandemic. And I will say that it didn't really. I mean, there were odd parts of it, but it didn't really feel that different to me. Like I was just still doing the normal things, and I'm looking at everybody else around me, and I felt like the world was kind of crumbling. And I'm like, I'm just driving my nine eleven, camping. There was and I was camping and yeah.
0: There's a lot. There's a lot of talk of that during that period of COVID in news that came to Australia. Yep. That. Californians didn't think that COVID applied to them?
2: Uh, some Californians. Yeah, am just, and that I, I was mean, the, we'll gen, it's a
0: generic statement. It's a throwaway yeah, headline. It was actually, you know,
2: but that's very accurate. Like you should see the, I mean, maybe, I don't know, the, the news that I get about what's happening in Australia or what's happening in Canada or, yeah. you know, like all these things, it's all filtered. Of course. You know, it's like yeah. kind of like this is what we want to show you. So this yeah. is what you're going to see. Sounds like Instagram. But like, I went down, yeah, I went down to California and in the Bay Area, everybody was taking it very seriously. Um, you know, it's like I walk up with somebody and they'd be like squirting hands on their hand, you know, hands on a taser, and making sure their faces were covered and their head—they're in a bubble and you know all this kind of stuff. And then, but I got down to Southern California, like not LA because LA was weird too. Yeah. Um, even though people say it wasn't, it was really strange, um, very apocalyptic in the sense like there's quiet streets and not very Los Angeles. But then I would get down into like San Diego County and people were surfing and chilling out and going to the and going to restaurants and everybody was kind of throwing it by the wayside. So I think that you know, like pick what you want to see. It's yeah. Kind yeah of like of course. The um, but I saw a whole bunch of it firsthand and I traveled a bunch in 2020 by car, and it was different everywhere I went. Uh, you know, I mean, we're the way the states are set up. You know, we're like little countries. If you look at compare us to Europe, you know, yeah. so it's like yeah. every state's going to do something a little bit differently.
0: Um, yeah. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah. So yeah. the um, yeah. all those all those uh, for one of a better term car celebrities that you interviewed. Yeah. Got any good stories? Got any good goss for us?
2: I mean, it, I won't say the names, but who's got really the shortest funny, attention span? Yeah, there was really funny to listen to some of these guys uh, talk shit about the other guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it wasn't like, you know, like bad necessarily, but there was definitely some competitive. I mean, we're talking about racers and, uh, you know, guys that had been involved in the competitive side of the sport. Mm -hmm. So they definitely had strong feelings about the guys they were competing against and how the guys would win or how the guys would try to win. And that was a really fun thing to learn. Yeah. Um, because it was like, they were talking to the therapist or something. Like they just were totally open with their conversations with me. And I'm like, wow, oh, you should have heard what so-and-so said, but I wouldn't say it because I'm like, yeah, tell me more. Like I want to know. it all. <laughs> and then when we did the, when we did the Esquire article, that was one of the questions that the, the, uh, the writer kept asking me it was like, well, what kind of, like, he wanted some drama. And I'm like, I can't give it all to you because I want to go back and see these guys. And <laughs> if you, <laughs> you don't know? get, to, be like, hey, you're only gonna get so to do that can't once,
1: you
2: publish that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what kind of. Which honestly, kind of oh,
1: go sorry, go on. You're going to say.
2: The one thing that I learned from that particular road trip was how much the Porsche brand is family. Um, like, it's unbelievable how tight knit and helpful. Once you're kind of like, I don't want to be like in the club, but once you're kind of like part of that group, there people open doors for you, and they want to help you out and do everything you possibly can to make sure that you're having a good time. You know, if you need something, they're there for you. And I, there's not really another brand out there that's like that, in my opinion. I've I've been around a few.
0: Rod, so Rod Emery, he's he, yeah, he's like actually, he's from Oregon as well, isn't he? Yeah, 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 he's um. he, his cars are, like, I, I own a 356. My Porsche is a 356 Coupe, and um, it's actually a Los Angeles delivered car that um, I've had for about 10 years now um, before they got too expensive. Yeah, yeah, if I got rid of it now, I would never replace it because I couldn't. But his cars, like a lotto car for me. You know, like if I had the big win, I'd be putting my name yeah. down. Rod just build me one. Yeah. Did you go to his workshop? I
2: had that, I had that conversation one time with Rod. Like, so Rod's Rod's shop in Oregon is about 30 minutes from my house. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, wow. and his I should say his barn is really what it is. Mm-hmm. And so I've known and I've known Rod for probably 20, 20, years. Um and watching him develop and watching his like craft really grow and all of a sudden becoming, you know, a celebrity in his own right, a Porsche, you know, celebrity um has been really interesting and and i love rod like one of my favorite people um his cars are incredible though
0: have you driven any of his outlaws
2: i have yeah i've driven three different ones i've driven a speedster um an emory special which was the most special one that i've ever driven and then just one of his early early outlaws yeah okay Uh, the emory special that i drove uh was built for the owner of the porsche dealership in bend oregon and it was built to match his Carrera GT, so it was GT silver with the uh, that brown leather interior. Sure. And uh, it was one of the very first four cylinder nine eleven motors they built. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and with 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 uh, Jeff Gamroth from Rothsport, who's also like right around the corner from my house, um, that car is unbelievable. It, 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 I don't even. It's, I'm speechless when I drive it. I'm like just kind of drool a little bit.
1: <laughs> so I don't know massive amounts about Rod. I mean, I know he creates these amazing machines, but yeah. obviously that you've got the extreme end is, you know, someone like Singer. They, yeah. they re-engineer something and they create something that I know there's even a debate about, is it still a Porsche? Well,
0: Rod's, like Rod's cars are at a level again above what Singer does to a 911 because of the amount of customization he does. So whereas Singer-
2: Hands on the- his hands on the cars are unreal. Like Singer, um, you know, Damon Jones and, and some of those guys that have, from, from the Singer side of things have created an incredible brand.
0: Oh, it's um,
2: but I will say that Rod's stuff, is, there's something cra- like real craftsman about it. You know, um, coming from his family history um, with Valley Customs and the hot rotting of those early years and the Baja Bugs, uh, that they were kind of the first ones to start that and all the metal shaping that they do in-house, I don't know if there's anything else out there like it. That's that's really true to the 356 development. Like, they're still hand shaping all of the metal. It's, un, it's unreal.
1: It's Going into a shop I think, is- a, I agree with that because I think there's, like you say, there's the fabrication, is the, en, not engineering, it's the uh, the handcrafting. And yeah. the way that they build those. Whereas with Singer, it's very it's like Formula One, isn't it? It's it's very yeah. clinical. You know, they engineer it to the nth degree, the way that the the airflow works, the way the aerodynamics work, the way that it puts the power down, all of those things. It's engineered to within an inch of its life, whereas he's made something that you just look at it and go, That's a Rod Emery.
2: Yeah, you know, that 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 hammer mark is not going to be duplicatable. You know, yeah. in, in a Singer, every single thing is duplicatable thanks to technology and development. Yeah. So it's a very, they're very different cars in their own right, but I think that the, the craftsmanship is just kind of it's a balance, right? Like Singer is doing it in their craftsmanship in their one way and, and Rod is doing his craftsmanship in one way.
0: What I'll find, well, I'll tell you what the re, what's really um, sticks out to me about the comparing the two cars, Ajmal, Rod's cars never come up for sale.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Singers yeah.
0: occasionally do, but rods. I think I've only ever seen like one or two Emory cars ever for yeah. sale. Whereas singers, in any time the, uh, you know, somewhere, if you were to cut a check big enough, you could probably get hold of a singer if you wanted one.
1: See, a yeah. Rod Emery's cars probably change hands, but no one ever knows. Yeah, about you them. might
0: be right about that.
1: Yeah,
2: it's very. Because, because, they very rarely do though. Um, And when they do, they usually go back to Rod's and then they get customized to the new owner. Um, When I was down there, I mean, he's got a whole bay of of cars that are in development. You know, I mean, he's he's years out. Um, One thing that's wild is I used to have a membership to this. It's no longer in existence, this club called Carrera Club. And it was a social clubs and an automotive storage facility in Bend, Oregon. And since it was in Oregon, and this was early on in Rod's career, there were always probably five or six Emory cars there. Uh, And they were all in like for sale. Like you could just, you know, you could buy one for 80 grand or something. (laughs) It was just wild.
1: That kind of of reminds me of, because I think you've you've said in an article somewhere, or I've read somewhere that you've driven or been in a 964 roof.
2: Yep. So my very first, uh, actually my, my first ride in a 911 was a um a ctr really um but yeah that was a pretty special very special moment <laughs> my first my first ride in a porsche was a 928 my first ride in a 911 was a, a roof car yeah
1: that's nuts because um i recently uh saw a video uh you know Vinwicki ed, yeah. uh, ed, ed, ed And Bullion. did yeah. you see that did you see that video that he did of uh yeah. Because he bought a, a long time ago, he bought a 9.6 six uh, roof, and he kind of knew what he had, and yeah. he he bought it for a really crazy low price. But that's what they're going to be loaned. It's it's very recent, um, and he said he okay. bought he bought it for a ton of money back then, which was yeah. something like I think maybe sixty thousand dollars or something like that. <laughs> and yeah. to and he couldn't get it he couldn't get it quite right. He said you know it was the steering wasn't quite right. He, he in, in, in the Benz, it was great. On a straight, he said it just wouldn't stay straight. He couldn't get it fixed. Yeah. And then he sold it for, you know, he made a decent amount of money, something like six by 60, sell it probably two years later or a year later for 85. Yeah. Um, and then he saw it change hands again. And the mm-hmm. very same car, I think recently sold for $750,000. Yeah, <laughs> and, it sounds about right. They are going, oh my God, why did I not sell that car? But the thing is, he is who he is because of the, that car, because of that little bit of right. money. Well, not a little bit of money, but fifty percent, whatever he made on it. That kind of set him up to do what he's doing now and, and all the stuff that he's done—websites and whatnot. So it's yeah, it's, I think it's you know, the Porsche.
2: Those car, these amazing how these cars lead to so many opportunities in different yeah. ways.
1: That's for sure. I don't. Just going back a little bit, Mark. Yes, everybody knows Magnus apart from us. What's going on? He's he's from England, he's from up the road in Sheffield.
0: Ajmal has a bromance going on here. I know, thank you.
1: Although, I've got a problem because he put on Instagram that he ate chips, which you know, you guys say fries, but they had the skin on. That you don't get that in Sheffield. That's just the man's changed. I'd say (laughs) that to him, (laughs) he's changed, man.
0: if brock takes him to brock's uh, barber he'll change
1: yeah (laughs) that's
2: true That is very true oh man actually when we were down there hanging out that was magnus like i had a serious beard when when i was down there with him and he's like you know beardos and weirdos that's uh that's kind of that was his phrase for us
0: we were saying
2: he's a good guy
0: brock we were saying here that if your dad doesn't have a beard you've got two mums
1: That's terrific. <laughs> I had to think about that for a second. That's it, that's... <laughs> yeah, I can't. That's you know, I'm going to say something politically incorrect now. Is that allowed?
0: Yeah, of course. It's, um, our, it's our podcast.
1: I, see, I, I grow, I grow a beard, and uh, yeah. I'm an Asian man. I can't then go to airports. No. And where I used to,
0: oh, the passport the, name really tops it off too.
1: Oh well, yeah, exactly. But five years ago. I had a job where I had to do, you know, work with the government and I had to go through a right. security clearance. Not five years ago, it was much longer, maybe 10 years ago. And you have to give, you know, where you lived for the last 10 years, all your addresses and things like that. And anyone yeah. you lived with, yeah. where their addresses are. And so, you know, I had a bit of a kind of crazy breakup with somebody. And I thought, how am I supposed to find out where she lives without phoning her? So I had to do that. And then my clearance didn't come through. And every January, I grow a beard. Every January, I don't shave for a month. I have a big, fat beard. And I'm at work. And I say to the guy next to me, God, this security clearance is taking a while to come through. And he turns to me and he goes, no, mine came through a month ago. So I have to phone the head of security who reports into the MOD, the Ministry of Defense and the government. I phone him. And he goes, yeah, we need to speak to you because of your heritage and things like that. Can you come over and see me now? And I'm like, oh my god, I've got a full beard. He's gonna think I'm some radical, you know, nut. So the guy next to I get up and the guy next to me says, Where are you going? And I'm like, I, I think I'm about to be waterboarded. And <laughs> <they> just- <laughs> you guys do that there, I thought <laughs> we only did that here. I like, didn't know that was the yeah. Yeah. Well I well, I thought you know, you know, we, we don't talk about it, but we probably do it. <laughs> but the, yeah, exactly. But the thing is, I've I've I mean, have I told this story before, Mark, about no. when I went to New York? No. Ooh. So I've been to I've been to the US just once, Okay. and it's in 2012. So the times of you know Barack Obama, when yep. when the world was different, and yep. Um, yep. I wasn't sure that I wanted to go. And my wife said to me, you know, why she she'd been her friend, you know, was had a play over there on, on off Broadway, and she went, I want to go and see her, and uh, and you know the main reason I didn't want to go is I don't look good in orange and I don't look good in chains. And uh, and <laughs> so anyway, she just books the ticket, so we go. So on, you know, we get to Heathrow Airport, and I can't check in online, so I have to go and do this. And they ask me a bunch of questions, and then I go through security, and then they don't let me on the plane because they want to search me again. And then I get on the plane. It doesn't help that on the plane because they give you free drinks. So I, I you was know, a British Airways, so I'm drunk by the time I get over there. A little bit hungover, and I get out, and then I go. I'm queuing, and you know, they take my fingerprints, and uh, I scan. I'm fine. And the guy just looks at me and everyone at airport security has a big mustache yeah i mean not the women that i didn't notice but um but he, he turns to me and he says you're gonna have to go and speak to somebody and oh i'm like what do you God. mean and he goes he goes you know the computer says you need to go and speak to somebody so i went okay fine so and it's like you know to jfk we arrive at like eight in the morning there's no one else there apart from our flight so i'm walking down this corridor. I think I'm an Asian man walking around the airport like looking for this room that this guy sent me down. <laughs> so I'm walking. So I, I, I try all the doors and I get through the last door and you know, the 80s style cop shows where oh, yeah. someone walks into the police station and there's a sergeant on a high desk. <laughs> and it's like that. There's like seats everywhere. There's no one in there. And there's three guys in uniform. And no. so I just, so I say to the first guy, Oh, I've just been sent. And he doesn't look at me. He just sticks his arm out and he goes, passport. Like he's looking down. And he's wearing a black uniform. And so I go and I hand him my passport. And I'm stood and the desk is like this high. So I'm, he could just see this off my head. I'm stood there. I hand him my passport. And he looks over his glasses and he goes, go and sit down. So I'm sat there. And I thought, you know, everyone said to me, do not give anybody any back chat. Just exactly right. what they say.
0: But you so were I drunk. Sorry? But you were drunk.
1: Well, but I'm starting to get more of a hangover at this point yeah, yeah. rather than being drunk. So I'm sat there and then he calls me forward. So he starts asking me a series of questions. And so, you know, I'm born, I'm born in England, but my my parents are from Pakistan and I've been once where my dad was ill. And uh, so he says, uh, have you been to the Middle East in the last five years? And I went, no. And then he said, have you been to Pakistan in the last five years? And I went, no. And then he said, have you ever been to Pakistan? And, do you know when a realisation hits you of something that you'd never thought about before? I thought, well, yeah, I have, because I went to see my dad when he was really ill, and I was there for like three days. And then suddenly, I started. my face starts to go, I can feel my the heat in my face, because oh. I went a month before 9-11. I was, a month before 9-11, I was in Pakistan.
2: Oh, my gosh. Uh,
1: and I'm starting to think, oh, my God, I'm so going to Guantanamo. This is... And so I play cool, and I say to him, um I want, to say, I want to say it was 2001 i think i know he's looking at it on the screen yeah <laughs> so, right and, and he asked me all these questions and then he just gives me my passport and he says you can go so i'm halfway out the door and he just shouts wait like really urgently wait and i thought "Oh, i am fucked and i, yeah. <laughs> I slowly turn around and go yes and he goes is this really seriously is this your first time here and i went yes and he went welcome to america <laughs> 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 <It's so laughs> brutal. And you know, I almost wanted to go. Oh my yeah. god, I can breathe.
2: You could probably see it in your face the whole time. Like I'm sure,
1: and it was, it was the, and, and you know, it was exactly the same. Trying to leave, you know, it's the same. Yeah. I couldn't check it online. I had to go, and I had to go through the body scanner. Oh, god. You know, oh yeah, fine. But by this point, yeah. you know, well, yeah, kind of like that, because I have to, you know, empty my pockets, no shoes, no belt. All my stuff's gone through the scanner, and I'm stood there, and there's a lady in uniform saying, just wait there. And there's a load of people coming through, and, you know, sometimes you get shoved out of the way. And she's yeah. shouting at me, no, I told you to stand there. And I'm like, "What?" Well, you know, I keep getting shoved out of the way. There's, like, a ton of people coming through. And anyway, some guy comes out, and he's, you know, he's got a big moustache, and he starts mm-hmm. putting on the blue gloves. And he goes, would you like to go to a private room? And I went, no, whatever you gotta do, just do it right yeah, here. Just do it right here. <laughs> <laughs> I need witnesses. <laughs> so he says, yeah. he says, you know, I'm gonna have to pad you down and I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch your genitals. And I went, touch away, do what you gotta do. Just get it done. right.
0: <laughs> just cut you know, them gently.
2: This
1: is, this is so accurate because I've,
2: I, when I went down to buy my Range Rover, I flew out and um, flew down to San Diego. And I would packed all my tools and all my stuff in a bag, and uh, yeah, this is like three years ago, four four years ago, maybe coming up on maybe five somewhere in there. Um, and I'm throwing all my all my tools, everything I can do to fix, you know, all extra parts, belts, water pump, thermostat, the whole bit, in my backpack. And this is my backpack that I usually go out camping with. I throw it in the 911, whatever. And I thought that I had checked it all, you know. I had taken my 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 piece out, my pipe out. I take, you know, I'm good to go. And uh, I go through the airport and I'm putting everything through there. And I have all these, uh, also this, uh, these mini like fairy lights, the, like little string lights. Oh, yeah. And they're all wrapped up, you know, in like little battery packs. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, looks like a bomb, you know, it looks like, that's what I'm thinking. You know, like, Again, probably, probably what it looks like going through yeah. the It's like a whole bunch of wires and batteries, like that's not good. So I go through TSA and they're like, sir, we need you to uh, step out of the line. I'm like, okay. And I'm standing in there and they got my bag and he's like, is there anything in this bag that we need to know about? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I've got a battery pack with a whole bunch of lights attached to it. Is that like causing you guys He's like, nope, that's not it. And I'm like, I don't know what it is. I had no idea. He's like, please stand back, sir. And so I stepped a couple lines, like behind this little line. He reaches in and he pulls out my hunting knife. <laughs> i mean we're talking you guys it's got like an eight inch blade on it it was a it was a navy seal knife so it's not like just a hunting knife it's like matte black carbon (laughs) handle it's a knife you know it's 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 crocodile dundee knife you know it's it's ridiculous (laughs) and i'm like oh my god like so embarrassing he's like well you can either take it right now and go and, and, and mail it back and i will I'd like to do that, and then he's like, "No, actually, it's too big to fit in the mailer, so it's not going to work. We're just going to have to keep it." And I'm like, "Son of a bitch! Like, i had this knife forever. I love this knife, but I'm not." But they just didn't really let me get on the plane. They're like, "All right, see you later." Dude, if that would happen to you, you would have been done. Oh for. yeah. Oh yeah, my god,
1: yeah, absolutely. Because totally even even here. then, even even then, when that, so you know, I got searched, and then I take ages to because it's the third time I've been in the airport on my way out. <laughs> yeah. Then I've had to yeah. take my belt off, my coat off everything through a scanner so I put everything back on and I'm into the you know where the shops are and the restaurants and the coffee shops and I walk into the first shop and I just grab a book a magazine and I'm flicking through it and my wife comes to find me and she goes that's your name they're calling over the tannoy and, <laughs> and I went what, what have they said I wasn't listening and she went you have to report to the security desk so <laughs> so I go to the security desk and there's just a mark on my boarding pass yeah. And I don't know, I don't know what it is. The guy just squiggled on it. The previous guy, so he's looking at it. He, you know, he has to look through it. He says, "Okay, have you got your passport?" "Yes, I have." He looks at it, and he hands it all back to me again. you know, I'm at a desk where just my head's at the top. He hands it yeah. back to me, and I'm, I'm just stood there. And he goes, "You can go." And I went, and I just said to him, "Oh, so you're not upgrading me then?" And he just <laughs> went, <laughs> and he just went, "No, you're free to go." And he's like, no sense of humor. Come on, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, exactly. It's just you know, it's the same thing again. I got drunk on the way on the yeah, flight. Of course, like yeah. you should yeah, yeah. You drink.
0: Yeah.
1: But the, the worst thing is, I got in and then I handed over my passport into you know border control in the UK, and the guy right. is looking at my passport. He's looking at me, and then you know they do a scanner of your face and everything because it's like a different oh, yeah. passport. And he says to me, "Where have you been?" I'm I'm so drunk. I can't, I can't get the words out. And my wife stood behind me, going, "New York, you've been to New York." <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I would definitely travel
2: with you. You sound like a real fun person to travel with. Like that sounds good to me.
0: Hey, Asma, Aj, I'm going to tell you the difference between you and I, and you know, and how that how much difference it actually is. Sadly, culturally and politically, right? Yep. I. I'm serviceman You probably didn't know this about me, right? And no. did went to some interesting places in the late 80s, early 90s during that service period to do some various tasks. And I think it would have been, oh, it was actually in 01, just prior to 9-11, not just after, thankfully, right? I got pulled off a plane in Hong Kong, heading to Europe, right? because I had my bicycle. I would do some cycling, Brock, in the past. Then anyway, had my bicycle with me, and in there was a box of CO2 canisters that we use instead of pumps, you know, yep. and they're all lined up in a box looking like a magazine in the X-ray, obviously. Anyway, <laughs> they pull me off the plane, yeah, yeah. take me in the runway, open up the box, and then everything comes out. They've got the computer there. They're looking at, looking me up and that stuff. They said, can you name every country you've ever, ever visited? And I said no. Oh, No. <laughs> <laughs> And, they, and then they start running it's off. It's classified. Then they start, no, it wasn't. I didn't say that. I just said no. I said, look, I've been to a lot of places. I don't recall. I wouldn't be, I, I would probably miss a few. And then they start running them out. Russia, Ukraine, <laughs> Syria, Jordan, Yemen. Yemen is a red flag country. If you ever travel and you get pulled off a plane, I can tell you right now, right? <laughs> and they're going, they, they go through it. They pull out this and they're talking to me about it. And I'm, you know, I said, look, You'd have to check with the, you know, Australian government if you want to talk about blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the um, English policeman, because it's Hong Kong, he interrupts the Chinese guys that are absolutely drilling me. He comes up, looks at the computer for two seconds, takes the passport off and hands it back and says, thank you for your service. Puts me on the plane, seeing... puts me back on the plane like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that sadly is a difference like when you you look at the countries i just ran off had you been to those countries before you know in that with you going there in the states it would have been an absolute nightmare
1: that would have been a nightmare for sure yeah but i think you know one of the things that i probably find the most irritating is that you know when you go and and i keep being told it's a random spot check
0: and
1: (laughs) if someone just said to me do you know what dude you just fit a profile and yeah, I, and i would right. just, just be like well yeah i'd I'd search me if i if there's a yeah, profile yeah. that you're doing you know I'd, that makes sense that makes sense anyway, yeah. stop saying it's a random spot check because it's not everybody's so everybody wants to be so political correct
2: politically yeah, correct exactly actually, just saying, they're, like they're being is. way worse yeah yeah, yeah. dude i, do, I just a finished a book i just finished a book called talking with strangers and it's malcolm gladwell and he talks about this whole concept of people like these preconceived ideas, these preconceived notions, and all these things that we have, and, and the paths that they lead us down, versus other things, and it, it's its reality. It's like this is how we exist. We're humans. It's going to always be this way. Probably should just own up to it. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to fix it.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Because it's just when you know people make decisions. You know, you you own that decision. Where if, yeah. if someone says to, because the amount of times when people say to me, and my wife keeps saying to me, stop saying that. When someone say, oh it's a random spot check. And I say to them, don't worry, I'm used to being randomly spot checked. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, and it, Or sometimes, you know, you're tired or, you know, you've had a really long journey and someone comes up to you and taps you on the shoulder and my shoulder's just thinking, All oh, right, then. Here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Whereas I'd rather, they just said, sorry, dude. And you're like, yeah, you know, fair enough. You've got to do that. You've got to do that job. It's a really important job. Right. Just tell me. That's why you're doing it. It's just the way it is, and it just rubs everybody up the wrong way. But if you're honest, hey, it's got to be
0: done. Hey, Asma, it it probably doesn't help that on your, um, you know, your passport and your occupation, you've put Mufti. What does that mean? What do you mean, (laughs) Islamic leader?
1: No, I don't know. It's (laughs) like I mean, there's 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 people that I've known who've got like you know, terrible names. Uh, that of some like you know, like you know, Saddam or something, and you're just like, Why have your parents done that to you? You were born after Kuwait happened, you should know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like you were born in like you know, 1978, you were born in like 2002,
0: yeah, yeah, fair, yeah. Hey, boys, hey, you guys,
1: I think on, on a lighter note, this is very
2: applicable to Porsche ownership, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, let's see, this. this is good.
2: How much do you get? How much do you get judged? I mean, unless you're driving a filthy Porsche, oh, I know you've got that going on, and yep. I've got that going on. But I mean, if I when I show up to places or you know go to the a gas station and things like that, like there's this instant judgment, like oh, you drive a Porsche, and, you know, like oh, you're like oh, you have this, or you must you must be you know wealthy or something ridiculous. I'm like, I drive the cheapest Porsche you can buy, and I you know, like it's it's believe me, it's cheaper than a Toyota Camry. You know, I mean, it's just, but there's this. I, Again, it's just these preconceived ideas of, of what we have going on in society and, and who we are and what we drive and what we look like, and I just think it's ridiculous. Brock, to know.
0: that to that end, on that topic, as I drive a three five six, right? Yeah, it doesn't suffer from it. No, because of its age and the fact that no. I think it's still on the road, right? It's just a, it's 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 appreciated rather than judged. Oh, yep. Brock's dropped off. Oops. Oh, you guys! I'll
2: be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. Hang on, I got a plug in here. There yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good.
0: Okay, yeah. So the three five six is just like man, woman, child, grandparent. It's a knowing, yeah. appreciative nod. It's never a look at that tool. Which no is is a like because let's face it, dentists and accountants didn't buy three five sixes. Yeah, true. Whereas, nine, whereas, you know, you guys are in the sweet spot of people just not knowing how cheap they are
1: yeah, with your model. exactly what it is. Exactly, because it's the people group from the 996 onwards. They group them all together, and that's, that's a 911. Someone's driving that 911. And, you know, one of my friends said to me, I'll oh, look at you. Oh, I'm just going to go and get my 911. Now, he drives a Tesla. He drives <laughs> yeah. a Tesla. And I said, your, your car is literally worth 10 times more than mine. 10 times <laughs> yeah. More than mine, and and he said, "Over, oh, look how eco-friendly I am." And I went, and I went, "You you do." And I went, "You do, you do know the amount of carbon emissions that have come out into the atmosphere in the production of your car. My car has emitted less in its 157,000 miles." And he went, "Yeah, that's not true." And I went, "No, it is. You can go look it up. <laughs> it's actually true." <laughs> yeah. I saw a, a terrific meme the
2: other day, and it showed like these lithium-ion mines, and they were just, like destroying the earth, and then they showed up a pipeline and it was like covered in green grass and it was going on for miles and miles <laughs>
0: like,
2: yeah, and this is the difference right I, you yeah know, whatever yeah. right it's yeah, just another whatever. one of those things yeah exactly. hey
0: boys it is nearly time for me to start work today so i am gonna have to wrap up this podcast it's been a great experience talking and meeting you brock we haven't actually spoken a lot about porsche but it's been great hearing about your experiences and in all yeah, honesty, man. we're probably going to have to get you on again to finish this conversation because I don't know. I'm what...
2: happy to do a part two.
0: Yep, we should do part it. Two sounds good. Let's let's lock it in for a couple of weeks. Ajmal is going to be in touch. We will yep. do part two of this podcast. Is that good with you, Ajmal?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So any listeners out there who have enjoyed it, please leave us an iTunes review. I'm pretty sure... We haven't decided who gets our giveaway from our last podcast yet, the Timex watch that was provided by Timex USA. So leave an iTunes review and DM Ajmal I on Instagram. And if you haven't already, follow Brock. But it looks like we – I actually had a look at Brock's Instagram account. He actually has every man, woman, and child on earth as a follower. So Ajmal and I need more help on our accounts just so we get that nice little blue tick that Brock seems to have. Okay, but we're going to talk about that in the next podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening today. Thank you, Ajmal. Thank you, Brock.
1: Thank you.